0: Good morning. Glad you guys are here today. This should be a fun day. Uh, we started a couple weeks ago a sermon series uh, called Be the Church, and really, it was, it was working toward today. This is our um, annual meeting today, and, you know, we've been trying to look more to, to emulate the early church in Acts, and, you know, one of the things that I think we miss, uh, you know, we'll have, well, Thanksgiving this week, we'll have a holiday. And, you know, it's kind of in the space, really, the celebration of just a couple hours. You know, you, you get up, somebody gets up early, um, and, and they start the, the food, and Justin's back there going, whoop, whoop, whoop. And then, uh, but then everybody else kind of comes out, and then, you know, you got to kind of brace yourself for, oh, my gosh, we got to deal with family today. And, and then, uh, but not in my house. My family's up front. But, you know, it, and so, uh, you know, and, and, but, but you eat and then you nap and then you watch football and then it's over. And in the early, uh, early times, especially in the Old Testament times, you know, the, the holidays were like a week long. It was a festival. It was a real, real thing. And so we've been trying to, this year, um, bathe our all church in worship, but also over the last couple weeks we've been kind of leading up to this. And it was really neat having Rick and Julie read uh, the passage this morning. Hi, Rick and Julie and everybody at home. Um, and we've been reflecting on how we can be more like the early church, and it goes back to the Gospels, not just Acts, but the Gospels. Do you know in the New Testament, Jesus says, follow me, 13 times in the Gospels, 13 times. I just think that's fascinating because there's, it's like there's one for every one of the 12 disciples, but then there's one follow me for each one of us. Follow me. I've always thought of Jesus' call to follow him as kind of a compass for our decisions. Follow me. When I'm faced with a tough call, you know, if I can pause between stimulus and response, which is not always an issue, right, and really prayerfully, prayerfully consider, in this situation, what would it look like to really follow Jesus? can really help guide our decisions. 2020 and 2021 gave us so many opportunities to follow Jesus right in the trenches of life, right? And, you know, I prayed and prayed that prayer, just follow me. How can I follow Jesus? As I listened for Jesus' call over and over and over in the last couple of years, You know, early on in the pandemic, you know, I I tried to look at this just kind of never-ending chaos as as more like spiritual exercises because it felt like spiritual warfare. I mean, every day for quite a while. It meant there was so much potential to grow as a disciple if we could just simply answer Jesus' call to follow Him in that situation because a disciple just doesn't follow when things are easy. And there were plenty of tests, right in uh, discipleship in the last couple of years. Thank goodness, thank goodness, the foundation of our relationship with Christ is about grace, because no one passed with flying colors. And I'm very proud of how our church and our leadership not only weathered, but actually grew in the midst of the storm. Because so often it felt like we were the disciples in the boat in Mark chapter 4, you know, or Mark tells us a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern. Mark says, asleep on a cushion, And they woke him and they said, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he woke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. Shalom Elohim. Peace be still. And then the wind ceased. And there was a dead calm and he said, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? I mean, that was the last couple years, over and over. it's like Groundhog Day in a nutshell, right? I mean, we're the disciples, and we're in the midst of this boat, in the midst of this storm, and it feels like the ship is just going to go down, crashing. And then Jesus rebukes the storm and the calm. There were times when we were actually able to kind of rise above ourselves and, and actually follow Him a couple weeks before the shutdown, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, and nobody's fault. Don't, don't misunderstand. But, you know, giving slowed down, slowed down, then stopped. And we didn't have enough to even cover payroll, let alone the bills. And that was really hard, frankly. We cut everything we could, and, and then some, and then, you know, some people said it would be over in just a couple days. Some people said, you know, months, then years. And people who were used to living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, they were in trouble. In our country, but then our friends down in Honduras, I mean, they were devastated. And we prayed. And finally we decided, you know, if the boat's going to go down... We're going to do it right, so we decided, you know, we were coming up on a fifth Sunday, and we'd been talking about this for quite some time, and we said, you know, let's just allocate 100% of our fifth Sunday offering to just local benevolence. Let's, let's help people. And so the funds, they went to feed hungry local families uh, in partnership with Second Harvest, and we worked with Tri-City Food Bank. And then we partnered with our our partner uh, elementary school at Eastgate Elementary and their counselors, and they helped us identify families who really, really, really needed help. And we provided emergency housing down in Honduras, especially once all the hurricanes and the storms started down there. And in 2021, this last year, we continued that. 100% of our fifth Sundays have been going to benevolence, And total since we started that, We've given over. We've raised two hundred eight thousand dollars. hundred eight thousand dollars for Fifth Sunday offerings. Now sixty four thousand of that went to Honduras, but also we've been giving locally, and all told, we've given over hundred thousand dollars for local benevolence, primarily in East Kennewick, uh, through our work with Eastgate Elementary. We've continued our mobile markets. We've uh, provided food at Eastgate. Every month, um, we've committed over $1,000 a month at this point from that offering to go to both uh, Grace Clinic and also Mirror Ministries. Every month, we write a check for each of them for $1,000 from our fifth Sunday offerings. Continuing to support our mobile markets with, with Second Harvest and our friends in Honduras. And throughout the pandemic, We we, we wanted to set a criteria to guide our decision-making. So we adopted John Wesley's three general rules, and and you remember those, do no harm, do all the good you can, and stay in love with God. And those rules, they they were just a gift because they provided a framework. They weren't really an objective set of criteria as much as something to guide and form our conversations regarding uh, difficult, difficult decisions like public gatherings. There was no way we were all going to be on the same page 100% of the time. But we experienced so much less conflict than a lot of churches, and, and I am so grateful for that. Thank you very much. We have weathered this storm very well. Looking back, it's very clear God was paying the way for 2020 and 2021 well before COVID ever became a household word. And God put together a team uh, that would be able to help us become an online church overnight. And some of our staff... Early on, you know, they were organizing, coordinating a system of care, calling everybody, getting everybody to call everybody in their areas of ministry. Others, we were researching technology um, that would bring us together while we were at home. And then some of us were um, learning how to use new programs and new software. And we even had, uh, for a while there, we had these Zoom classes for our staff. And usually they were led by staff members on, you know, how to... um, how to do lighting and picture composition in videography. Never thought I'd do that. There was a lot of, I didn't sign up for this, going on at that point. But you could have never seen that coming in 2019. I remember, side note. So, the, the night before, we were, we were doing our, all of us were doing our parts at, at home, and uh, we'd send it in to to Trevor Hollenbeck, who just was an amazing gift and continues to be, obviously, and he's our our IT manager. And on Easter, the night before Easter at 11 o'clock, he called me and he said, you know, there's just too much wind. We can't use your your message for Easter. You're going to have to get up and do it in the morning. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) There was like a window with the sun at that point. But anyway. (sighs) I don't miss that. <laughs> you never would have seen that coming in 2019, right? And we tried very hard to become an interactive community. We didn't just want to be one line, but we wanted an interactive online experience. That was the only way we were going to continue to be community and weather this storm. And, and obviously, people had the opportunity. They could opt out, but we were going to do what we could on our end. And as we look back, you know, after the fact, we realize How many areas we were just absolutely forced to grow and areas we really never would have considered growing in. And we acquired skills as we look back that that I think help better equip us for future ministry. God was able to redeem, I mean, some very miserable situations in ways we never saw coming. And so the staff reflected on that uh, this last week.
1: One,
2: two, 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 three, three, four.
1: Oh, that's Brian's favorite part. Oh,
2: Brian, it is Brian's favorite part. He misses it so much.
1: Yes. I don't think he wants to go back to it, though.
2: No, I don't think so. No.
1: But, I mean, thinking of that, mm-hmm. we went, there's been a big evolvement, if that's a word, um, <laughs> over the last, like, it. year and a half. Because Brian would be recording from home. We were all recording from home in 2020. Yeah and things have really evolved to where it is now. So it went from you know, everyone recording from home, sending me videos, I'd edit the video together, and then we would you know, post that to, or, or have that live on Sunday. Um, did that for quite some time. Then we started to kind of come back to the church a little bit and record um, in person. Yeah. Um, with um, nobody here. With nobody here, yeah, no one, no one here, but we'd record before worship started. Mm-hmm. And we would take that recording and use that for the following week. And then it turned into, you know, we're, we're here um, fairly back to normal now and we're just doing normal worship and we, we are live streaming at the same time. But each of those steps has gone from, you know, just, just, just me doing it to then, you know, me and April doing it to um, a few of us help, help, a few more people helping out for those pre-recorded things. And then now we need a lot of help on Sundays. Yeah. It's created this online ministry yeah. of people who can't show up in person but can still join us from home. Yeah. Whether that's just out of convenience for whatever reason mm-hmm. or they, they, they live out of town or they just really enjoy it from home and, yeah. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's a it's really like a whole new ministry.
2: Yeah. And it's it's cool to see the whole team, the, the worship team grow because the worship team is not just the people who are playing and singing on the stage. The team is, because we need these people, uh, the camera operators, the video switchers, the sound techs, and they're all part of this this team, this family, and they're leading in worship just by the way that they're serving. And I think it's um, what we've definitely learned over the last year is how much sweeter it is when we're together and how much more um, comforting that even is. Um, And so I love that our team's grown in the midst of this and, yeah, that uh, we have awesome people to do worship with. So...
3: Well, one of the big things that I know, all three of us having worked with children and youth and and all of our um, youth workers uh, over the course of this time has been in the area of resiliency, and that resiliency has led to new connection points that we didn't even see coming. I, I know for the youth... Uh, This is a time for them to figure out what the social norms are and all that got shut down. And so for us, uh, we've been taking a lot more risks now. We've been moving into spaces and places that make us uncomfortable intentionally. And we have seen God work in amazing ways in the midst of that, that has caused us to study the scriptures differently, interact with each other differently, uh, and see God's work in spaces and places we never ever saw coming. It's It's been incredible.
4: Yeah, and speaking into resiliency, um, I've definitely seen that at Sprouts with my staff, Just. How they've dealt with the pandemic at home in their own lives with their own kids, and then coming to Sprouts and you know dealing with everybody's feelings, trying to navigate that on COVID. And not only are they doing it, but they're 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 navigating that really well um, and forming these relationships with the kids and the families and each other. Um, you know, and we went in 2021, we were able to start up just a little bit, and we had 40 kids, and now present time we have 89 families that we're, you know, that we're pouring into. It's been great.
2: And one of the areas, that connection areas that you were talking about for us, children and family ministries has been that, you know, we started worshiping together, kids with their families, you know, with their teachers up here, and then they go downstairs to their classes and they get to interact with um, with their friends, they get to share their weekly experience, you know. And another um, thing that has come out of this too is that we went from two worship hours to one. So these kids are building connections with kids who were coming on second hours. Now they're coming together and building um, connections with kids that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And so that has been, I would say, the the biggest blessing in our area of children's ministries. Let's talk a little bit about the benefits
4: of the pandemic in our ministries. For me, it would definitely be the technology with online
2: giving, being able to worship online, meeting with my committees through Zoom when they're not available to come into the building. What do you think, Kelsey? Well, I have a weird experience because I wasn't here in my community for it, but I did um, get to experience some of the, the need for connection for my job specifically. was um, there is a need for connection. There is a, um, a, a longing for that. And also, when I was here, we didn't have as uh, the same sort of volunteer opportunities. Um, just like mobile market wasn't really a thing and I really enjoyed doing that.
4: That's cool, yeah. You know, for, I don't know, it was almost 20 months, we weren't able to meet in person with our kids, but there was, we wanted to stay in connection. And I've always had this desire to be able to get out into the community more over in East Kennewick. And so through the pandemic, those opportunities came up, such as developing the, serving at the mobile market each month. Um, I was able to communicate with parents because I couldn't with the kids. So we emailed and texted and called and through that the relationships really grew which has been awesome and we've also found some other opportunities for people to serve and you know we always have had a good uh, relationship with Eastgate Elementary but because of meeting weekly on Zoom um, so that we could go over families in need and, and where those needs were how could we encourage and come alongside we just got a whole new relationship and respect from them I think as a church and working with them so
5: that's been really cool well, definitely over the last little bit, we have had to really change the way we connect and, 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 you know, build community, right? I mean, with the small groups, helping lead those, I mean, teaching people how to do Zoom and, and try and share and study when we couldn't be face-to-face is really hard, right? And so I know, you know, with women's, like, you guys had to adapt how women's met and what they did. So what was that like?
2: Yeah, so um, I feel like with women, we never miss the beat because from the very beginning, they were very intentional about getting together, about meeting, and they already have their their community, you know? So um, a lot of the ladies, you know, they didn't have a problem learning to do Zoom, learning new technology, you know? And when we had the opportunity to um, lift the restrictions and gather together, they were, you know, we had like two thirds of them who immediately came back and one-third kind of stayed online and but i have been getting a lot of feedback with from those who have been doing zoom that they you know they have felt connected throughout that so i'm really proud of that and you know we have really steady attendance really good uh friendships several new people so awesome. it's it's really amazing to see that
6: Yeah, it was hard going into everything. You didn't know if it was going to grow, but you knew something was going to change, but I think a lot of things changed for the better. You know, you said you guys didn't skip a beat. Well, the men, we did skip a beat. We always had breakfast together every Saturday. And, well, we thought we'd probably at least lose weight through this thing, but as you can see, that (laughs) didn't work either. Mm. (laughs) But you know what was really cool, though? You know, when we got online all together, whenever... Anybody was on vacation, they were still right back with the group. And that was pretty cool. We had people in Hawaii on the beach. We had people in Florida on the beach. Hey, wait a minute, weren't they supposed to be at home during COVID? Right. Not you mentioned. <laughs> now that I think about it. Oh. But it, it was just an awesome opportunity. And what we did was, uh, you know, because we couldn't be together. We, had, we just got a group of a handful of us together as leaders, and then we just started calling each other every week, just checking in, seeing how you're doing, just mm-hmm. living life in general rather than just doing it one day a week. We were doing it every day, and it was pretty cool. Which is really cool. And and I mean, you guys both
5: in your ministries as well, as many of them, found different ways to stay connected. I mean, I know the men really connected with the parking ministry, with the mobile markets, and there were a bunch of women out there too serving. And just across the board, right, we found ways to stay connected and to serve out of it. And so thank you for being part of that and for, you know, helping through this whole transition to keep being the body of Christ. <laughs>
0: You know, it's cool. April was talking about, you know, the video switchers and all that. And we we have a second team, tech team, that works back here. And uh, I think Colin is running Facebook back there. And, you know, that would be one of our new families who came through our online ministries. Sister Maya was playing drums up here earlier. And it's neat to see how that's grown. But now as they've taken on more and more volunteer um, areas, it's just neat. You know, I spent a lot of time reflecting um, on the mission and ministry of the church through 2020, 2021. And all along, you know, I really tried to put myself in the sandals of the disciples, in Acts, and in the Gospels. And earlier this year, I'd been thinking about a sermon series on farming, and I wanted to highlight our call to to bear fruit, uh, regardless of whatever was happening in the world. And, And last summer, I was trying to visit some of these new friends who we have had some new families who have joined us and, uh, through the online worship, and, and one of them was, was Ryan Johnson, who, um, he was the, the head viticulturist at Weather Eye uh, Vineyards up on top of Red Mountain, and, and when I went up and he gave me a tour up there, and God really spoke to me, and, you know, Ryan gl- grows just world-class grapes in a, an incredibly harsh environment. And, you know, right on top of Red Mountain, literally right on top, on both sides of the top. No one has ever, ever considered growing crops up there before. And, and, you know, the grapes up there are outstanding, not despite of, but directly because of the harsh environmental factors. And that really hit me. You know, our job as a church is to grow fruit, regardless of the environment. And the Holy Spirit working through us, we can grow greater fruit than ever in the midst of the harsh environmental factors we've had. So, God really gifted me with a a series on on bearing fruit this last fall as we were really reflecting on Jesus' call when he said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And that's not a promise to take us out of the storm, right? But it's a promise that we can experience abundant life in the midst of life's storms. So, in 2019, our leaders, uh, we, we, we spent a lot of time discerning our mission and our values here at Hillspring, and we wanted to have something deeper than just a kind of a traditional mission statement. And we spent time on this, and we came up with what we call the DNA statement, something that would describe who we are at our deepest level. 2019. And the thing about DNA is, you know, you you leave trace elements of your DNA whenever you brush up against something, and that's what we wanted to do. So, we came up with three words to describe this abundant life that Jesus talks about, and that was live, love, grow. Live. As followers of Jesus, we pursue life as God intends. Therefore, we're on an ongoing mission to discover our part in God's story and join in God's work in the world. Love, we celebrate the joy that can only be found through authentic relationships and grow. We are committed to growing in our relationship with God and becoming more like Jesus. Live, love, grow. It's really the traditional uh, Christian way of salvation. Live is God's offer of life. I mean, it's a gift you got to accept. Paul calls that justification by faith through grace. Or grace through faith, excuse me. And love. Love is the work the Holy Spirit does in our hearts. And there again, Paul calls that sanctification. And then grow. This is a lifelong journey, a process of the Holy Spirit working, changing our hearts. We continue to grow in our ability to love until every moment of our life is filled with love of God and love of neighbor. That's the goal, Christian perfection. Live, love, grow is our way of describing that abundant life that Jesus wants us to experience. It's who we are. It's our DNA. We want to leave trace elements of these three things whenever we brush up against someone Live, love, grow. That's what we want our people to experience, and we want them to remember us by those three things whenever they think about us, and especially in the storms of life. So there was something that was still needed. We weren't quite done back in the fall of 2019 when we talked about this. um, It seems like 25 years ago. And that was the core processes of a church four core processes, kind of our guide for community life together. Uh, Invite, incorporate, transform, and send. We invite people into our congregation, into our church from multiple ways. We manage systems of incorporation so that they can become part of the life of the congregation. We manage systems designed to transform people's lives in Jesus, and then we send them out to be engaged in witness and service. Now, over the last couple years, I spent a lot of time really prayerfully tracing the disciples' journey in the New Testament. Acts of the Apostles, all the way back to the Gospels. And the more we reflected on the community of disciples uh, in the New Testament and those four core processes invite, incorporate, transform, and sin, the more. It just seemed they were inadequate. So with this last kind of late spring, early summer, our church consultant, Reggie McNeil, came and joined us. And we had a lot of conversation around the four core processes of the church back then. Through the summer into the fall, continued that conversation. spoke a lot with Reggie on the phone, but then also with our, our staff leadership over time. And after a great deal of prayerful work, we're very pleased with a new set of guiding principles um, for life together. That's connect, develop, become, and change. As we follow Jesus, we will connect with the people God places in our lives. We will develop meaningful relationships We will become more like Jesus through the work of the Holy Spirit, and we will change the world for good. And we plan to visit with Reggie um, this uh, March of 2022, and we want to create a scorecard to measure how we're doing at bearing fruit with those four core processes. Because you measure what you value, and you value what you measure we want to connect, we want to develop, we want to become, and we want to change. We want those four things to be our goals for everything that we do. You know, it is such an honor to be lead pastor of this amazing community. And as we emerge from these storms the last couple of years, uh, we, we have so much fruit to look back upon, but even more to look forward to in the upcoming year. So after worship, we're going to go to the gym, and we're going to have lunch. Uh, really excited about that. We have a turkey meal for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and we have activities for the kids, and, and we're going to share a snapshot of the Holy Spirit's work through Hillspring. 2022, we want to be a year where we connect, where we develop where we become and where we change. And we want to do that together. I want to join you as we do everything we can to further become the church that Jesus calls us to be. We pray with me. Lord, I thank you for this community. I thank you for our heritage. I thank you for our legacy. Thank you even more for your call into the future. As we begin this next phase of the story of this, your church, we ask your Holy Spirit might bring an entire new Pentecost upon us. In your son's name, amen.